Cool, man. So I'm going to ask a few guys to come up. Um, where's Tando and Michelle from our Table View location here? And then Christo from Malfoss is also going to come and join me on stage. Awesome. Okay, so these are uh, some awesome guys who are going to just share uh, some of the experiences that they had in Zambia. There we go. But just while we're getting ourselves sorted, um, I'm just going to give a bit of an introduction, you know. Um, as you guys know, on the 28th of June, 17 of us uh, started the long journey up to up to Zambia, to Western Zambia. Did I mention that it was a long journey? Did I tell them that? <laughs> okay, it was really long. So on the first day, we crossed the Namibian border, and then there was this freak flood that actually washed the road away, and the border was closed behind us. So we realized we couldn't turn back. That was the one thing. But we also just had this sense throughout the journey that God had gone before us and that He was actually preparing the way, which was so awesome. And, you know, just we, 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 after three days, we arrived in, in Mongu and we got to spend time at the Zambia project and just see all of the incredible work that's been done there. And just some of the work that, that View Church has partnered with over so many years. And we saw the, um, the, the VOH, the Village of Hope, children's homes and the, the school, you know, the school started, I, I remember, under a tree at the bottom of the hill just below our house. Uh, there were 11 kids, and now there's, there's more than 800 orphaned and vulnerable children. And these, these kids are getting an awesome education, and they're the future leaders of the work. And we saw the, uh, the children's hospital and uh, the, the Champions Club, which is, which is a ministry that Zambia Project has started, where they're reaching out to kids with special needs. And so it was so awesome. But one special moment was when the, uh, we actually visited the school and, the, and our View City youth connected with the youth from the school. And they, they were like doing some, some dance moves to, to, to a praise song that, that our guys knew. And it just turned into one big party. And, and uh, the connections were just instant. And it's just credit to, to our youth. They did such a good job at just connecting with, with youth in Zambia. And it was so awesome. We got to spend time with the missionaries and, and just hear their hearts and, and hear their big vision for the province. And we also got to, to share at Hope Church in Mongu. And um, so Velo, uh, he, he took it really personally. I just got to say this, you know. So Velo, I think he actually got a, a lanyard. I'm not sure where he got it from, but he joined the dream team for one day. He was welcoming people at church. And I think people arrived there and they were like, this is our church, but who is this guy? You know, he's welcoming us to church. But they, but they really appreciated his enthusiasm. And then how cool is this? Ambe and Titi got interviewed on the radio station. <laughs> and so they shared about worship and, and production. And then uh, two other legends, David and Elizabeth from Malkbos, they, they shared their personal testimonies on the radio as well. And just to tell you, David grew up in a, in a rural village, much like most of the people in, in Western Zambia. Um, it, that was in Zimbabwe, of course. And um, he shared about how he gave his life to the Lord at a young age, and he overcame the pressure 
to give in to ancestral worship and, and made a decision, a firm decision to follow Jesus. And so it was really like a bullseye testimony that, that is so relatable to the people. So the radio station broadcasts to more than 70,000 people uh, in hundreds of villages. And I just think so many people were blessed by all of those interviews. Then we, we traveled to one of the furthest, most remote villages in Western Zambia called Mbunze. And for four days, our, our goal was to, was to strengthen and encourage the, the village church there. And we did that through, through youth ministry, through ladies ministry, and also through obviously building the church, uh, the church roof. And we, we linked arms with the church to, to actually reach out to the community and to, and to take the gospel uh, to villages further beyond. And it was absolutely awesome. I gotta tell you guys, God exceeded our expectations. You know, just the, the ladies' ministry. You, you, you know, um, our ladies, our view ladies did an amazing job of, of loving the ladies in the, in the village, but the ladies just kept coming. As some walked as far as nine hours walk in one direction. They left at three o'clock in the morning and they arrived there at 12, and the whole day the ladies just kept coming and our ladies from View Church just uh, ministered to them, loved them, uh, shared the word with them. They opened up for questions and then prayed with them. And it was just the most amazing thing. But I'm going to jump now to, to Michelle. So Michelle was part of our ladies ministry team. Um, can you tell us a bit about what that was like and, and yeah, how your life was impacted on this trip? Yeah, so firstly, when Jane says, like, they walked for nine hours, they walked for nine hours. It wasn't, and most of them did. They came from so far away. Um, and it was literally just, for me, the biggest takeaway was that hunger and thirst to hear about God and to hear what we were doing. And it was just so pure. Um, you know, like, we, I wouldn't myself, if my car wasn't working, go to the shops for a 10-minute walk. So to see that from, from these women was amazing. And just the strength in their faith as well. We had women that came forward to us and they were just like, you know, their child was sick or they weren't well. And, you know, one of the things as well that we learned um, when we were at the base camp is that these people, they don't have access to medication. They've got either a sangoma that they go to or they pray to God and that's how they get healed. So to see these women come forward and just come to us and be like, pray for my child. And it was genuine faith. They knew like, you know, if they came forward, like God was going to do something for them. So it was just so moving for me with us being in society and having access to so many things. And there's so much noise that almost happens between our faith and our connection with God. And these people just, they come there, we tell them about God and they automatically, the connection's there. So it was very moving for me in, in that sense. And just having an amazing team of women that came along, Bianca, Liz, um, I don't know if Chanel's here, but um, just the strength like from each aspect that every woman played um, in bringing forward the word of God to them. And yeah, it was just, it was really amazing. And also just one of the things, James was in the car with me when I, when I got to the, <laughs> the start and I sort of told the team that I was gonna come along and probably just test everyone's patience. <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was gonna add. 
Um, and it was very much, a, for me, it was a lot of prayer and just saying to God, like, it's not, it's not through me, it's through you, what, you know, it's, it's what you're going to do, because for me, I was like, I don't know, I'm going to add value, um, and I felt like after seeing the women and just how they interacted and how they took what we taught them, that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how nervous you are, how shy, or, you know, I, I suffer with a lot of social anxiety, but God was able to use me, and I was able to speak to women, and I feel like, yeah, it was a great impact, and it's not my work, it's not what I did, it's what God did through me, so, yeah, it was an amazing trip, so, if you're even considering going, please start saving now, because, yeah, it's to explain what the trip does to you as a person is you just can't you just have to go so save <laughs> awesome and um yeah as i said the ladies just kept coming so our plan was only to do it for the morning but we were like okay it's a new plan <laughs> we're just gonna gonna serve the ladies and and be a blessing to them tando um you were part of the youth ministry team and you guys did such a good job reaching out to to youth um, sharing about youth ministry and um playing sports and games with the kids. And, and you also got to speak at the school, um, which I think to the grade threes to sixes, which was awesome. But yeah, tell us, uh, tell us what you saw God do on the trip. Um, for me, I think when I went into the trip, I didn't really know what to expect. I think that's maybe what all of us were like, uh, I don't know what to expect. Um, but just, I remember the first day, it was T.T. Ambe and I, and we had stayed behind while Subs and the rest of the guys went to go find more kids. And we were like, okay, we can't, like, we were playing games, and we're like, okay, this is cool, but like, we're like, you know what? We're here to do it for the one. Like, we're here for the one person who needs to hear about Jesus. And yes, we might be like three, four, five of us, but Jesus is here to touch that one person that's there, and let's work with what we have now. And we did that, and I think for me, the most powerful part of this entire trip was worshiping in a different language. Like, I didn't understand the language, but God was so good that he just moved my spirit. It's like my spirit knew the words to the worship song. And, sorry. Um, and just to see God touch people's lives through worship. Like, we didn't speak the same language, but we connected through worship. Like, with the kids, we did a song called Mulimuki um, Yomunde, which means God is good. And it was just amazing just to connect with the kids and to cross that barrier, because worship is like, you know, it, it crosses, like, language barrier, it crosses borders, and... You, Worship just brings people together and the power of worship was just revealed to me in that moment. It's like when God wants to move through worship, he will move and he will do what he needs to do. And we had so much fun. There was like so much laughter and joy. And it was just beautiful to see just God work, even through the evening fires with the worship as well. Again, it was just so beautiful how I remember the last night we just continued worship. Like I know some guys went to sleep <laughs> but some of the us guys us youth guys you just stayed and we worshiped and we worshiped and it wasn't like oh i'm tired let me go sleep it was just like actually i just never want this to end and i remember thinking i could do this like forever because it just felt so good to just worship with god's people in a different language yeah and 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 you did really well um just just stepping out in faith sharing your testimony um 
yeah, you were just very sensitive and, and willing to step forward and share your testimony, encourage people with the word. What, what encouraged you to step out in faith like that? I think it's seeing how God has been so good in my life. Amen. <laughs> yeah, just he's been so good. Even this trip, um, I didn't know how I was going to make finances work, but God did it. So yeah. Cool. Christo, um, this man worked really hard on the trip. He, he drove his car all the way to Zambia, all the way back. He, um, he and Bianca made sure we were well fed. And uh, he also built a church roof, and then in his spare time, he preached the gospel. <laughs> um, but tell us what God did inside of your life, inside of your heart. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, when, when this trip came up and they said, you know, we're building a roof. I mean, I can't nail a, a, a nail into, a, into a wall to, to save my life. But uh, Now you, you know, tell when, me. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you get, when, when we got there um, after driving so far and just seeing the wonderful things that God did on the first three, four, five days of our trip. You know, you get there and something just grabs hold of you and, you know, you lean on the people that was on the trip, Uncle Dave, Gershwin, um, those guys that could tell me what to do to successfully at the end of the day put this, to help them to put the roof on the church, you know. And as you're busy working and you're working together and you're sharing and there's some laughter happening, there's more people of the villagers join and although we don't understand the word that the other one is saying between us and the villagers, everybody shares in the same commitment in getting this roof on the church where they know lives will be changed. Um, in, 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 my, in my spirit, that moved me. That moved me a lot, just seeing that, that I can be part of something like that. And then I also just wanted to add, the, when, when, when people tell you that we support the Zambia project, it's not a little building in the middle of a town in Zambia that three or four people go to. There's hundreds of people there with tens of buildings. They support a, an immense amount of people and they carry the word out to people that otherwise would never, ever, ever hear. That will never, ever hear the gospel. Um, so when people say, we, I'm so proud to be part of a church in a community that supports a project like, like the Zambia Project. And James, thank you for leading us into this. It was an absolute honor. Thanks, Christo. Um, we had a lot of good laughs on the trip. So can you tell us what was one of the funniest moments for you? <laughs> Sabella, where are you? <laughs> Okay, so on our, uh, on our way back, uh, we made our way through the Chobe Natural, or um, yeah, what's Chobe National Park. Yeah, National Park. Um, and they warned us that there would be elephants there. <laughs> and we were driving in a convoy, just, a, just the three cars, um, hours in front. Um, James and Sabella was in the car behind me, and then Gershwin was in the bucky behind them. And we saw like a whole lot of elephants and we had an encounter with the elephant a while back and we didn't want to have that encounter again. So when this elephant with this wet stuff running out of 
other of his ears, they say it's a musking or something like that. You steer clear of the stick. So I found a gap and I went behind it and I went past it. And these two buckies were <laughs> parked behind me. And this elephant's walking across the road and all of a sudden it stops, turns back to the car. Now the first guard's looking at it, it's James and Sabello's bucky. <laughs> Luckily for our amusement, we had radios in the car and we could talk to each other. Gershwin was behind that bucky. Now Gershwin had a 4 by 2 bucky, so he can't really... If he moves, he moves. He doesn't, he can't stop, otherwise his buck is going to get stuck and then we need to pull him out while the elephant's there. <laughs> In any case, I wish my voice can go that high. But as, as this elephant approached with his ears doing this, all that we heard over the radio is Sabello pleading with Gershwin, 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 come back, come back! <laughs> And I so, I so wish we had that on video because the tone of his voice just said it all. And we, we nearly wet ourselves laughing with it. <laughs> Luckily, the elephant, uh, we, you know, they stayed still and they stayed calm and the elephant turned away and walked in a different direction. Want to finish a funny moment? So yeah, that was, that was pretty intense, I'm not going to lie, it's easy. <laughs> we were the ones, the elephant was like staring down, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, we got through it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just such, so much that, were, that was achieved on this trip, and I think as a church we could just celebrate all that was achieved, so much work was done, so many seeds were sown, so I think we should just put our hands together and just celebrate what God has done through us as a church. But then at the same time, I just want to also remind us that there's so much more work to be done. And um, it was just so good to see how the, the vision of the, the Zambia project is being achieved. There's, there's now about 150 churches. And we got to see these churches. And, you know, one or two of these churches that we went to were, were meeting under a tree um, they, they're just meeting in the name of Jesus. They're, they're excited to be meeting. They don't have much. Um, and the leaders, you know, of these churches are young Christians. They're not, just, they're not being paid to do this, but they're just, they're seeing the need and, they, and they're walking hours to go and visit these small churches and go and encourage them, sometimes days. And it's just so humbling to see how the vision of the project is being reached. But currently there's 150 churches, but to have a church within walking distance of every person, which is the vision of the project, it, there's 2,000 churches that are needed. So there's a lot of work that needs to be accomplished. Yeah. And you know, I just want to encourage us um, what, what Paul says in Galatians. He says, don't give up doing good because at the right time, we will produce a harvest if we don't give up. And so let's... let's have that attitude. Let's say, God, how do you want to use me in your work, you know, in the work that needs to be done uh, in Western Zambia, in our community, and elsewhere on the mission field? How do you want to use me? And let's, let's pray that God gives us soft hearts and that all of us are available and, and willing to be used by God. Amen. 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 So I want to hand over to Andre. one.
Come on, one more time. Let's thank the team, everyone who's involved. James for leading it. Shot, guys. So um, I got to go to Zambia for three years in a row. I, I, was, I was part of um, the trips in the front end, uh, which was really cool. I remember Paul and Marinette who got sent from the church. He was our young adults pastor. And I, he was actually my, my youth pastor, then became a young adults pastor. He actually used to coach our rugby team. Um, he goes up and in the one trip, before they actually had moved there, Paul actually had booked on the way back that, that the team would stop next to this river and he was going to fish for the whole team. And, and so they actually hadn't planned their food schedule really well. But Paul said, no, no, I'm going to fish for the team and we're going to be eating around a braai. Paul caught nothing. <laughs> the anger of the team just rose and all of their Christianity was lost at the end of the trip. Anyway, check it out. But we had some funny moments. We used to go up with, at one point, the trips were so big, we'd take 90 people and we'd take two overlander trucks. And um, I would be like, I was a youth pastor. I'd have to be in charge of an overlander truck. We'd have an overlander full of teenagers, young adults. And then we had to keep um, the overlander moving at 80 kilometers, 80 to 90 kilometers an hour. And I would be sitting with French drivers. That's how long the trip was. We drove up there 90 kilometers an hour, top speed. And of course, we would have to keep, make sure their foot was in a suit on the pedal. Because if they dropped to 70 k's an hour, we would end up adding like half a day to our trip, which would totally mess up our schedule. So I actually got so good at knowing the speed we were going at by looking at the 10k marks in, the, in Namibia. I don't know if you've ever tried, you can actually, you can actually know. So I'd be like, I know which minute we should be past the next 10k mark. And then I'd be like, um, are you putting it there? Like the guy, I think they could speak English, but we, we hired these guys. They like just spoke French and I just try to keep going. And my name's André, so I just like try to... Anyway, bad joke. We, it was just an amazing experience. And, um, you know, when you do a trip like this, it actually changes your life. They say when you do a missions trip, it actually changes the way you sow your life, the way you direct your giving and your sowing and your purpose. And... Um, I, I just think it's, it's an amazing trip for everyone to go on um, because you could miss out on living your life on purpose and directing your life. Um, so, so for everyone in this room, I encourage you, even if you got a bit stirred, um, to have faith, to go and be part of um, a work that is just a move of God. And, um, you know, even now, Brad and Andrea, Brad would have grown up in the church. Uh, Paul and Marinette came from the church, but just... Um, that the church is continuously raising up missionaries. Uh, James and Jess, you know, spent many years on the base, sewed into it. And, and, and I believe the next missionaries are actually in the building. You might have been on the trip, you know. I know Matt went up there for a few months and he lived up there for how many? Three months? Six months Matt lived up there. And, and so, you know, you might uh, be that person um, to, that, that actually God's going, you know, you need to you need to go and uh, for some of you it might actually be the start um, of ministry or direction you need for your life some of us are living a bit rudderless we actually know this purpose but we don't know how to fully get there and honestly it's actually in a place like that where you actually change your life God you 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 see the power of God and you hear clearly and 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 and, and you need to clear the mist uh, for some of you, it's actually doing a year to serve. Like when you do a year to serve. 
for me, I did a year of serve. I honestly thought God, I was giving God like a, you know what I mean? God, give it, you said I must give a year. I'm going to give it. I'm going to go back. I've studied marketing. I've studied this. I've worked at sports science. I had this plan. I thought this is what I'm going to do. And then I did it and every all the mist was cleared. Um, and you need a moment where you invest in your future. Uh, you actually sow into it. You you do something with no strings attached. And and because a lot of people are waiting, um, they say, you know, one day when these things happen, I will give. No, no, no. You need to give so that day can happen. There's something about actually giving yourself to God. And, and, and actually going, God, I want your plan for my life more than anyone, any other plan. So I'm going to position myself. And, and, and as soon as you actually start to serve people and with no strings attached, serve God, love God by loving people, serve God by serving people, all of a sudden you get that clarity and you need to have that faith to step out the boat, really. Uh, it's like, God, if it's you, tell me to come. And then God says, come. Okay, I'll come. Okay, what's next? So as you step out, Something supernatural, I believe, will happen. We are, from next week, Monday, going into a prayer and fasting time. Another thing I've seen, not only in Zambia missions trips, not only in Year to Serve, where people give a year to God, but also in prayer and fasting, I've heard so many testimonies where people clearly heard from God. Again, it's like they removed obstacles. They actually got into God's presence. And, and, you know, you might get fasting sounds crazy. Um, well, it's, you know I mean, it's removing the loudness of your flesh. You know, I mean? your, your body's saying, feed me. You say, yes, I know I need to feed you, but I need my spirit fed even more. And, and fasting is, of course, walking away from, from maybe your normal schedule, the loudness of your schedule, and actually pursuing God. Fasting isn't just about what you're walking away from. It's more about what you're walking towards. And even in the, those seven days of prayer and fasting, people are going to hear from God. People are going to get direction from God. And maybe you in this room, and you actually need to be full of God's Spirit. You need to actually create space. For these people who went on the trip, they've created space in their life. And God got to speak to them um, as they were on a mission field. For people who've done a year to serve, they've created space. But, but you don't have to, you might not be able to get there, but you can actually go on the journey of prayer and fasting. For from Monday to Friday, we're going to have worship nights at all our locations from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and then we're going to, um, of course, end on the Sunday. For, for Leanne and I, we're doing a full fast Monday to Friday and then doing a Daniel until Sunday. But it's a reset time. I actually told the staff this. Um, I shared just this blog I read. Um, it's by Larry Stockstill. Um, he's actually a well-known pastor who's raised up hundreds of leaders uh, who are now seen as the most, some of the most phenomenal leaders in the world. People we look up to, uh, Chris Hodges and, and many more. But he said, you should, the most powerful way to start is to start on the inside. And, and in a way, we're resetting our year and we're saying, we're going to reset it inside out. He says, if you can get, get connected to what's actually happening inside of you, in a way, you can actually experience your breakthrough. Um, because if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if you can start to quieten your flesh and the loudness of your soul, the loudness of social media, the loudness of, of your, um, just your device, and actually connect with the Spirit of God, 
He says, what you're going to find out is that God inside of you is never afraid. God inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you is not afraid. And you'll also find out that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of peace. He says that if you would connect with God inside of you, the Holy Spirit, you'll find out that He's never confused. The God we serve is all-knowing, is all-powerful. And even in your confusion, the best thing is to quieten your flesh and, and maybe um, that, that device schedule and just connect with God. Get into some worship, read the Word, and you'll find out that God's not confused. He knows exactly where you live. He placed you on purpose. He knows exactly the next steps He wants you to take. You'll also find that God inside of you, He says, is never angry. And so... Even as you connect with God, you may find the power to forgive, the power to overcome sadness, bitterness, anger. God is not angry. And Romans 5 verse 5 says, He pours out His love within me. There's love within you. There's peace. And I love it. He says, and the God inside of me is never lonely. And maybe you're feeling lonely, but you've got God living inside of you, His Spirit. And you just need to quiet in your life, get in some worship. Why stay in the rat race when you can run the race that God set out for you? Why stay in the humdrum where you could just change your schedule a bit and connect with God? And that's what we're going to encourage you to do. It starts this, not this Monday, it starts next week, Monday. You see, I don't know if you've even thought about it, but we want to encourage you to plan to connect with God, to do it by faith. Like I said, maybe some of you have never fasted. So you, you might go, I'm going to do a Daniel fast, just fruit and veg. Maybe you go, you know, my device dominates my life. I'm going to do a social media and device fast. Um, I'm actually only going to use it for work purposes if I have to do it for work, but otherwise I'm going to put it down. I'm going to, I'm going to read the Bible. As soon as I want to pick my phone up, I'm actually going to go, you know, I'm going to put some worship on. I'm gonna, but I'm going to connect with God. I'm going to make time to go to the worship nights. I'm actually going to position myself to be in your presence. For some of you, you've done a Daniel fast. You've done a device fast. And you know God's actually calling you to do a, a, a food fast. And, and all I'm asking you to do to, is to be obedient. And I'm also trying to stir up a hunger inside of you to connect with God. Because if you're not hungry to connect with God, you will, you will satisfy the hunger you have in in. However, you know what I mean? The, the, the thing that's the most hungry, you're going to satisfy. I'm going to ask you to stir up a hunger for God. And, and when you go hungry for God, you wanna, you'll want to remove things that are going to get in the way of your relationship with God. And maybe you know there are things right now that are in the way of your relationship with God. And this is your time, this is your chance to make the most of it. You know, even just hearing from our team, um, just how they connect with God. I, I believe you can also have an awesome encounter with God I'm going to I'm going to give you time right now to actually decide in your heart how you want to pursue God of course like I said it's not happening this week it's the following week but why don't you think about that right now why don't you close your eyes why don't you think about ways you can pursue God maybe you're going to do a devotional plan over those seven days. You're going to make it quality. You're going to put some worship on. You're going to connect with God. Maybe you know you need to be in the worship environment. 
Maybe you need to quieten your flesh. Put down the device and connect with God. You need to, why don't you make a decision already? How are you gonna make the most of what's coming up? I'm gonna ask you to stand quickly as we close. We're just gonna sing.